Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is actually inspired by another podcast that I was listening to called The Twelfth House, and the series was called Killing the Starving Artist Archetype. Now, as you've probably picked up by now, creativity is one of those topics that I'm always keen to learn more about, talk about here on the podcast, explore my relationship to it. And I also love hearing other people talk about their relationship with creativity, especially in the way that it was done in this series that I was listening to, where they aimed to deconstruct and debunk not only myths about creativity, but a specific constraint we put on ourselves and how that impacts our creative and overall well-being. So, The constraint they discussed, as the title of the series suggests, was the starving artist archetype. So talking about and unpacking a commonly held belief that in order to be seen as valid in the realm of creativity, one has to suffer and struggle through it. At least that was my interpretation of the series. And also the idea that you know, well-resourced or financially successful artists or creatives can be seen or labeled as sellouts and kind of this narrative that they must be doing something that contradicts their natural creativity if they're doing well because those two things shouldn't go together. And As I was listening to this series, it got me thinking about all of the constraints I've placed on my own creative expression, not just as it relates to the work that I do, but also just generally how I express myself and the identity that I embody. And that made me think about how those constraints have impacted my relationship to my creativity, but also just more broadly my well-being as a whole and my identity. So that is what we'll be exploring in this episode. And before we get into it, I want to define a little bit what I mean by constraints. And in the way that we'll be talking about them today, we're talking specifically about things that limit our self-expression. Again, this doesn't have to be strictly speaking related to creativity. That's the lens through which I'll be looking at it today, but you could apply this to so many different forms of self-expression and, you know, just the way that you 
show up as yourself and express your authenticity and speak and relate to others, these constraints could really impact so many of those things. And I think that in the same way that when I was listening to this episode, I started to think of the constraints that have been most impactful on my own identity, you may have different ones. And I'd be curious to see what those are, whether you resonate with some of what I'm sharing, or maybe you have your own constraints that you've identified over time. So in other words, these are sort of rules we impose on ourselves or that others impose on us that form the outer limits of the boxes we put ourselves in that dictate essentially how we express ourselves. What I find when it comes to this whole idea of putting yourself and your identity into a box is that it can be comfortable and feel safer to have clear-cut parameters to our identity and self-expression almost in the sense that it gives us a code of conduct to follow in order to fit in and find belonging and be successful. You know, if you are identifying as this type of person, here are the unspoken or spoken set of rules that you need to follow. But what I've found as someone who tried to do that with my identity and with my being for so long you know, trying to do everything in the way that I was supposed to, not breaking any of those unspoken rules, is that this way of being doesn't satisfy me on a deeper level. And I would argue that for me personally, it's limiting in a way that I can feel in my body and it's frustrating and it's also just boring. And at the same time, I do perceive the opposite way of being and freeing myself from these constraints to be a little bit scarier and riskier, but I crave that experimentation and that shape-shifting, trying new things, letting things go, expressing myself in new ways, and basically freely moving with the flow and natural evolution of life. I remember I did an episode about putting yourself into a box a while ago, and when I asked for submissions for this episode, someone said something along the lines of making your box more of a flexible, fluid shape, and perhaps eventually those outer limits no longer exist and you begin to occupy a new space and just having a way of identifying with life that evolves as you do and that allows you to experiment and tap into fun and play and trying new things in a way that maybe being in such a confining box wouldn't. So we're going to actually explore four of the constraints that I've come into contact with as it relates to my creativity. So again, going back to the series that was the inspiration for this episode, what they talked about was how this idea that in order to be a creative person and in order to be a valid creative or artist, you need to really struggle. Well, that puts sort of a constraint on your ability to access ease as a creative person or to access financial opportunities. And so we won't be talking as much about that, but if you are interested, I will leave that series 
in the show notes, but we will get into some of the things that I've personally identified have been very limiting to me and my journey and how I'm moving through that. And in other words, going back to what this person shared about making that box that we put ourselves in a bit more flexible and a bit more fluid, how I've been able to get to that point with some of these constraints. The first constraint that I want to discuss is gatekeepers. Now, the mini-series I mentioned touched on this theme as well, but I wanted to explore it a little further myself. Now, a gatekeeper in this sense is someone or something that dictates who is allowed entry into the world of creatives based on a specific set of qualifications or rules and then who isn't allowed entry. So thinking of this sort of like a bouncer of the creativity club. And the earliest expression of that for me is actually schooling. Do you get good grades in art class? Do you make the school plays or school choir? Do teachers tell you how artistically gifted you are? No, then you're not an artist or you're not a creative. Perhaps that isn't explicitly said, but it's certainly the qualification system that I internalized. So again, I needed to be meeting these qualifications in order to be granted access to the world of creatives or of artists. It's funny because... I kept a journal when I was really young, and in them, you can clearly see my relationship with my own creativity start to slowly shift as I internalize these ideas about what it takes to be a creative person or an artist. You know, prior, you can see that my journals are filled with a lot of drawings and little poems I'd write and songs and stories and even me complimenting myself on my creative gifts and saying I wanted to be an art teacher when I grew up. And again, it's not like I was explicitly ever told otherwise, but it was a slow dampening of that creative fire or inclination as I got older. Because again, I thought that there was a specific set of activities or you know, characteristics or qualities that you needed to possess in order to be a creative person. And I would say that growing up, that was more of an implied qualifying system. But over time, I've definitely seen explicit forms of gatekeeping occurring that I've also internalized on some level. You know, rules and narratives around what forms of expression actually are considered art or creative, what the lifestyle of a creative person should look like, even how a creative person should behave and the type of people they should surround themselves with. And this idea of there being gatekeepers within the world of creativity and art held me back from identifying as creative or even fully exploring that relationship and my self-expression for a long time because it was almost like this attitude of how dare I think that I have a right to be in that world when I don't possess all of these qualities. So in other words, thinking that I didn't belong in that world because I didn't identify with what I perceived to be necessary to be granted entry. And so how do we move past this constraint? If you do feel yourself identifying with what I'm sharing and, you know, nodding your head and saying, oh yeah, I have noticed that I 
kind of allowed that to limit the way that I identify or express myself. And for me, I had to eliminate the idea that there are people who are creative and people who aren't. That idea is false to me. I believe that everyone is creative and that there are no rules for entry. And exploring my own creative expression involved tuning out anything that told me that it had to look a certain way or fall into specific parameters. And I kind of think that people are going to have their opinion of whether or not that's true regardless, but I don't have to participate in that qualifying system and I don't have to allow that to inform my own relationship with creativity and self-expression any longer. This also means that I view my self-expression and the mediums through which I express myself to be valid. You know, for a long time, I wouldn't have identified social media specifically as creative expression, even though you literally have the word creator in the job content creator. And that was just another form of this internalized ranking system or qualifying system that I had believed was what determined whether or not you were creative or creatively valid. So again, not allowing outside sources to dictate what is and isn't a valid form of self-expression and seeing the creative opportunity in everything I do and touch and reconnecting with that part of myself that was very alive as a child who didn't necessarily have any specific outcome in mind for creatively expressing myself or any rules or ways of defining my creative expression, but just allowed that to be a natural extension of who I am. Now, the next constraint that I've often felt is feeling uninteresting. In other words, like I have nothing necessary or compelling to add to the world through creative expression. There was a point in my life where I thought to myself, you know, I want to get back in touch with my creativity. And even more than that, I wanted to put myself out there in some way. I wanted to express myself in some way and connect with others through that. But my biggest constraint was feeling like, well, I don't have any interesting takes or talents and, you know, I just felt like I had nothing to offer. And even now, from time to time, I'll actually feel like, you know, my life isn't thrilling enough to really bother sharing anything or I'll compare myself to people who seem to have really specific or interesting talents and then... I'll feel a little bit less valid or worthy of expressing myself. Whenever I feel that way of thinking bubbling up, there are a few things that I bring to mind. Number one, what do I actually enjoy consuming? And what forms of expression do I like to see from others? And yes, there is a time and place for kind of over-the-top forms of entertainment, but I also really enjoy slower-paced and even mundane forms of expression. I like to see people's authentic lives and hear their thoughts on different topics, and that's how I personally feel connected to others. And so if I ever feel myself buying into the belief 
that you have to be creating super interesting, unique, exciting content in my case in order to be successful. I'll also seek out counterexamples of that belief because if that were true, then every single successful person would have that way of expressing that was super over the top and interesting. But of course, that's not the case. There's so much diversity in who can be successful. And I think the best way, in my opinion, to achieve that level of success in a way that feels authentic is to be yourself. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So someone that comes to mind is Emily Mariko, who pretty much makes the same content over and over again. It's minimally edited. There's no music. There's no voiceovers or long captions. It's just her cooking and preparing meals, and it's pretty simple. And that for me, I could find so many other counterexamples, but just having that reminder that if the fear is that I won't be successful, if I'm just authentically expressing myself and sharing my life, I can find counterexamples of that. And of course, there will always be those people who have really specialized, unique, interesting talents. And I think that will always be a part of the creative landscape. But at the same time, I think that there is room for so many different ways of expressing and pushing myself to be interesting or have something revolutionary to say doesn't actually feel like an authentic form of expression. Something that I haven't really mentioned so far is that, of course, if your goal is not necessarily to maintain that connection with your authenticity, then you can get to that point of success by doing it 
however you wish and however you think will make you the most successful. What I'm interested in is having forms of self-expression that are reflective of how I really feel, who I really am. So it doesn't always feel like my creative life is such an effort and such a almost like trying to be someone that I'm not. Similar to that constraint of not being interesting enough or not having something exciting enough to share as being a constraint for creativity. Another thing that has personally held me back has been not feeling what we'll call cool. Now, I think in order to consider whether this is a constraint for you, you could ask yourself what cool represents to you because it's probably very different for each person. So for me, what that looks like is being put together and articulate and curated, having really good style or taste, not caring too much, and sort of just this general vibe of being effortless. So you could think about a specific person in your life or online who represents cool to you and consider whether you'd feel comfortable in a room with them or if you feel like you'd need to alter yourself in order to fit in with them or for them to like you, for example. If I bring to mind that scenario of being in a room with someone who I think is cool and my thoughts start to go towards how can I appear cool myself in order to appeal to this person or just generally thinking about the ways that I can alter myself in order to fit in with what that person expects or what I think they expect, that is a good sign to me that I'm probably trying to appeal to this sense of cool. And often when I've done that, I've cut off my self-expression and really just altered my way of being as a whole. Now that could be situational or That could happen over time to the point where you're not even really in tune or in touch with yourself, which is what I would argue is the journey that I went through of for a long time really trying to be cool and trying to appeal to and fit in with people who I perceive to be cool and having that pursuit as pretty much my primary goal in life. And then after you know, taking a step back from that way of being and having some time to reflect, realizing just how much I shifted my way of being and my self-expression in order to kind of fit that mold. So this is something that when I come into contact with this way of thinking, I am very conscious of because I know just how much that has impacted me and ultimately limited me in the past. So I was scrolling TikTok actually and I had an interesting revelation, which was kind of a new thought. I came across this person who represents what I described to be my idea of cool, and I automatically felt my body kind of tense up, and my thinking started to go towards, okay, well, how can I be more like this person? And I was kind of studying them, and then I caught myself, and I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? And I realized that my default or automatic reaction to being exposed to people who I perceive to be cool is, okay, well, I need to be like them. But I wanted to reflect on that a bit. And, you know, we've talked about this so much on the podcast, but 
I obviously subconsciously rank the cool factor pretty high on characteristics necessary to fit in. So underneath this tendency that I have to see someone that represents that characteristic and start to go in the direction of, oh, well, how can I be more like that? is a desire for belonging because on some level I learned that that is what's required in order to belong. Now, I don't actually feel that way now, but there's still that subconscious loop running that is telling me that's what I need to do. So it's in those moments I take a little pause and in this case I asked myself a couple of questions and, you know, just inquired a little bit further about whether embodying those qualities and the way this person was embodying them was actually important to me. So in the case of the person that triggered this feeling, they do everything homemade and handmade and grow half of their food in the garden. They always look really well put together and effortless. They always have really nice expensive food and kitchenware products and just seem to have this level of knowledge about you know, things like good brands of olive oil and things like that. So being exposed to this person and seeing embodied some of these qualities that I perceive to be cool, my default reaction is, okay, I need to be like that person. But through taking this pause, I was able to actually realize that I don't need to block these people out of my life because I worry that I'm going to go down that path of thinking, but I can actually be inspired by this person and get ideas for recipes and homemade things. And I can do that without feeling that I need to be that way too, especially since those things really don't feel like they come naturally to me. And that's okay. So it's kind of like overwriting this response to what I perceive to be cool that says, okay, I have to be like that. And using those opportunities where that default reaction does come up to reaffirm that the way I am is just fine as well. And probably the best connection that I'm going to be able to have with my own authenticity and creative expression is when I'm truly just operating from the space of I am fine and I have something to offer and I am valid. And it doesn't require me to go out and see what someone else is doing in order to validate, am I okay? Because I have everything I need within me to express myself. The last thing I want to discuss is perfectionism. And this one I know for a fact is not just me because I would say one of the most frequent types of DMs I get, especially when it comes to creativity and putting yourself out there, is more along the lines of someone wanting to start something and not knowing how to. I also get a lot of responses in the type form submission for the show, kind of in the spirit of, do you have any advice for someone who is thinking of getting started with some sort of creative endeavor, whether that's, you know, social media or music or whatever it may be, but who doesn't know, you know, where to start? And I think perfectionism is a constraint for so many of us because it tells us that things have to be packaged perfectly and be in their best form before we're allowed to release them into the world. It's almost as though we believe that we only have like one shot to get it right and that can just hold us back for 
years in some case, if not, you know, keep us from ever putting ourselves out there or releasing our creative expressions. And for me personally, I struggled with this for years. You know, you don't see the part of someone's journey leading up to when they finally did put out their work or did express themselves creatively. And I know in my case, I went back and forth for probably a year, maybe two before I started to put myself out there online. And the other thing is that the way that I was expressing myself online initially is not anything like what I'm doing now. I believe my first kind of foray into the world of social media and that way of expressing was through, interestingly enough, a skincare brand. Or sorry, not a skincare brand, a skincare blog, which is interesting because I feel like that's not really a huge interest of mine, nor is it something I know enough about to be blogging about. But anyways, it was a start. It got me in the habit of experimenting and putting myself out there. And I was really, really scared to do that. And now that threshold has significantly increased. I don't have that same relationship with perfectionism, but I can certainly understand and see the different ways that it continues to impact me and that it may impact you and your expression. And my perfectionism was also very much connected to some of the other constraints that I shared. Not feeling like I had anything interesting enough to put out there or not feeling like the image that I would project would be cool enough or that I would be able to produce high enough quality content or whatever it may be, but also just wanting to control every single factor and really get it perfect. But there are a couple of things that have helped me to move through this particular constraint. Number one, I began to look at myself as a scientist or an experimenter, or as I've referred to it before, a playful explorer. So, you know, scientists can sit there and plan and theorize all day, but of course, a necessary part of their process is to actually conduct experiments and see what happens. So allowing your idea or your expression to interact with the world outside of you. Even if you have that fear of something going wrong, you may be surprised by your experiment and whatever you experiment with may help you to learn about the next one and the next one and to try something new and to see real time, okay, that went well, that didn't, and to apply that to whatever you decide to put out next. And, you know, I do understand there's so much pressure to get things right, but looking at this process as more playful and experimental for me has been very liberating and being able to release some of that control and take it a little bit less seriously you know, not even worrying so much about something flopping because some experiments fail. But I'm always collecting data and feedback and seeing how different things feel to create and then putting them out there and seeing how they resonate with my audience, for example, and trying to find that balance of things that I enjoy creating but that are resonating with the audience that I'm creating for. And also, along with this idea and this constraint of perfectionism, not taking things so personally because sometimes things just don't go in the way that you expect and that's okay. And then obviously as you get more comfortable expressing yourself and you find your groove a bit more, 
you also feel yourself improving and evolving in different ways. And that helps to work through that perfectionism because you can feel your skill level building and your confidence as well. That's all I have for our episode today. These are some of the constraints that over the years have influenced my relationship with creativity, have often held me back and made me really overthink the way that I was creating and sometimes prevented me from creating at all. And so I've really prioritized moving through these constraints and finding ways to set myself up in a way that still feels safe and that I still feel comfortable and confident with, but that doesn't allow these kind of unspoken rules about what is required to put yourself out there to be creative, to express yourself, and to be successful, and kind of allowing myself to create my own rules and my own relationship with creativity. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, to take that box that I've put myself in and make it a little bit more expansive and maybe drop some of those walls as time goes on. So I hope that you enjoyed. If you are wanting to put yourself out there and you want a little confidence boost or you want to chat a little bit, as always, you can connect with me via the submission link, which is in the show notes for every episode. You can DM me and I look forward to seeing your creations and yeah, I look forward to seeing you in next episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.